Hey everybody, welcome into the Horseshoe. It was Ohio State 33, Penn State 24. This is Rapid Reaction. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. The Buckeyes rolling along, still unbeaten in the Big Ten. Got another uh, another competitive game from Penn State. I guess we all maybe should have known better, or at least I should have, I can speak for myself. Uh, they blow out Michigan and they play close games with Penn State. Note to self for the future. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, Ohio State is never going to complain about a nine point win against Penn State. As competitive as this series has been, as unpredictable as college football has been, uh, there were a lot of things that Ohio State would like to improve on and that the Buckeyes will take with them into November, but they beat Penn State and that's really all that matters. Yeah, this is a game that to me, what, one of five in the red zone, uh, one of six in the red zone or one of five? One you of talking six touchdowns? You're talking, you're talking yeah. about touchdowns, it was not pretty. That's a game that Ohio State lost to Purdue and Iowa in 2017 to 2018, couldn't run the ball in the first half, couldn't score in the red zone, found a way to keep plugging along. And I know people are going to look at the defense and, and want to rip it apart a little bit because they gave up a lot of passing yards to Sean Clifford and, and Penn State. But I thought the defense is the reason Ohio State leaves this game with a win because the offense clearly didn't get it done uh, as far as what they did inside the 20. And I don't know if it's play calling, just a little testicular fortitude from Penn State. They, they manned up and, and Ohio yeah, State did. tried to run it right at them and Penn State was having none of it. <laughs> Those Penn State linebackers are really, really good players. Brandon Smith and Jesse Lucado both are really good, but, I mean, this isn't a Penn State show. So uh, I think Ohio State it sort of was maybe it's C game, maybe it's D game on offense with 500 yards. It's hard to say that, but it didn't play well offensively. It feel, felt really stagnant, even though it was moving the ball. It didn't feel like it. Every time they get to the red zone, you kind of, oh, they're in the red zone. Yeah, it didn't feel like they got that far. But the defense, I thought, played maybe a B or maybe an A-minus game if I'm giving grades here. And that's the reason they won, like you said, Berm. Every once in a while, even a great offense needs a good defense. And in this game, Ohio State got a better performance from its defense than it got from its offense, and that's the reason why you know people get to leave here happy because when they needed plays, Cameron Brown had a pick, and you know uh, Jerron Cage had the, the, the play of the year, in Scoop my score. opinion. Uh, that was wonderful. Uh, so. How yeah. long did it take him to get to the end? They they used uh, a sundial, and it's nighttime, so it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, yeah the, the shadows change as you run the through the lights. It doesn't work that well at prime time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But but it was, I mean, and also, uh, Spencer, as you bring up that Jerron Cage play, pretty flawless scoop there from a big man, no matter how long it took him. Uh, he took a little bit of a gamble not just falling out, as a lot of defensive tackles might try and do, uh, and then coasted from there. But Tyreek Smith made that happen. Zach Harrison made yeah. that happen. They were meeting at the quarterback. Uh, this, uh, I've been talking about Tyreek Smith returning, what that can mean for Ohio State's defense for the last several weeks. That, whew, that's up there with the Clemson performance. is one of the best of his career. And if he's staying on this trajectory, look out. Even he agreed with me when I asked him that the other day. Is this kind of a bonus for this defense, getting a guy like him back? You know, and he kind of smiled. But, uh, yeah, without a doubt, he played on a, he played on a different level. Uh, tonight and they needed every play that he was in on but uh, you know it's like you just guys just said I mean you had a running back go for what 138 148 yards and Trevion Henderson I think he grew up tonight as a as a big time college running back carrying the ball 25 26 times he had a couple plays he wished he had back but I, when I was talking with Tony Alford uh, after the game the running backs coach you know when that one seam opened he went 68 yards I mean that's that's what sets him apart from a lot of guys is it was tough sledding, tough sledding, all of a sudden he's gone. And then it's hard to really argue with C.J. Stroud's performance in, on the one hand because he had another 300-yard-plus passing day, but 
boy, does he want that pass to Chris Olave back in the red zone. And boy, did, boy, were they not on the same page when they really need to be on the same page on a fourth and two or whatever, and uh, Ryan Day decided to go for it. They were just like, as Ryan Day pointed out, a couple of three or four plays in the red zone, and this is a much bigger win. Bottom line is it's a W. They win by nine, and like you said, the college football playoff rankings are coming out for the first time this week, and, you know, you just want to be in contention. Well, they'll in the committee on Tuesday night, that'll be – a time for a different conversation. Penn State will not, almost certainly not be in the top 25 now for three consecutive losses. But yeah. uh, I think anybody who watched this game will recognize or follows recruiting rankings or have, or the Big Ten uh, history will know that this is a significant win for Ohio State. It's also an opportunity for them after a bunch of blowouts where you could point to it and we were all watching and saying, well, will you really know if Ohio State is good until they play Penn State? And they didn't play their best game tonight. And they're going to take lessons where this is the first time since really Oregon that C.J. Stroud has had to answer the bell in a clutch situation. Now he missed this throw about, I don't know, Brought 50 yards to my left. Yeah. Um, you know, he was worried about the safety coming over and maybe that Chris Olave should have just stopped on that route. But they miscommunicated. It didn't work. He followed with a, you know, one of those one-inch throws to Jeremy Ruckert on the drive that wound up putting the game away. So yeah. he, he answered the bell. Travion Henderson had the you know false start and missed some cuts. Uh, Luke Whippler... Uh, snap issues and the offensive line was out of sync at times. Again, it's still worth a reminder that as much as Ohio State may say, Berm, that, hey, you're not freshmen anymore when you've played two months and, and eight games and you're heading into November, well, they are freshmen. They are redshirt freshmen, and they this is an opportunity where they had to learn and they get to do it from a win. It's kind of what I talked about throughout the week is that Ohio State had to learn how – you had they learned how to lose, right? And then you got a young team and they figured out, okay, how to bounce back from that. But then you have to learn how to deal with prosperity, and Ohio State tonight was not its best, and I think that that's only going to make them better down the road. And I know that feels homerish to say, but I, I think when you have a, a young team and you really a, a backfield that's a true freshman running back and a redshirt freshman and all these other guys around them, I, I think you need to have these games. And to be able to have a game like this where you aren't clicking on all cylinders, you still had 500 yards of offense, you still ran for 140 yards, uh, with Travion Henderson. You still threw for 300. That's the quietest 300-yard passing game I've ever seen yeah. by a quarterback. Um, <laughs> and it just you just keep plugging along, and they're going to get better. And now you, you take this and you move to Nebraska, uh, and then you start to really get set up for the big showdowns heading down the road. Ohio State was really happy. We, we saw some guys show a lot of emotion coming up the tunnel. CJ Stroud was a completely different human being at the podium. I think he was just raw emotion of being happy to get a win. But I think as you watch this film tomorrow and into Monday, I think you're going to see some some kind of ticked off Buckeyes. I think they're going to realize how many points they left on the offensive side, how many different times they could have probably had interceptions uh, over the middle. You know, like the Cody Simon play we both watched where he should have had an interception. I think Penn State scored a touchdown on that drive. Well, Bryson Strong yeah. should have had one right here at the end of the first half and the yeah. drive that Penn State scored the uh, Yeah, field. so I think you're going to see a team moving forward that's going to be really ticked off the way they played in this game because if a couple of those Ohio State drives is finished indifferently, I think they're backbreakers, and I think this is more like a, you know, I don't want to discredit anything Penn State did, but I think this game could have been 52-24 rather than 33-24. Yeah, and as you touched on, I mean, you know, the, I think Austin touched on it. That passed a record over the middle, you know, when they needed a play. They made some plays tonight. There is no doubt about it. I mean, you know, field goals, you'd much rather have a touchdown. But field goals count three points, and Noah Ruggles, of course, has not missed yet as a as a field goal kicker or point after kicker for Ohio State. But uh, you know, you add a bunch of those up, you still have a lot of points, and I think that's, you know, clearly the red zone is going to be is going to haunt 
uh, Ryan Day a little bit, some of the play calling even in the red zone tonight. But uh, you've got to feel good from the standpoint of you made the plays when you need to make the plays to cement this game, both offensively and defensively. I, I don't mean this uh, as an argument or a counter to what Spencer said, but I don't know that ticked off would be the word that I'd use. I think that Ohio State will recognize that they can play much better and be encouraged by that because they have a, a lot of respect for the talent that they the team that they played tonight. That's why I think you saw a lot of the emotion from C.J. Stroud, uh, Dewan Jones, everybody else who was skipping up the tunnel is that they'll know that they didn't play their best and beat this team by nine points, and that will be meaningful to them. And that, you know, if they can get by an opponent of this caliber without their best, that's a positive for them. So it's it's just the it's not an argument. I agree with what you're saying that Ohio State will go in tomorrow and see. Well, that's Luke. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Singapore's not going to do this again. And Travion Henderson, now the, the question there is how healthy is that left leg and that knee? Because he pretty gimpy as he left that postgame room uh, about half an hour ago. It's probably wrapped uh, up tight. So it's sort of like, you know, it's just a matter of perspective. But I, I, I tend to come down on the side that Ohio State will leave and go in tomorrow to the Woody and feel pretty good about it because they know that they're still tapping into some potential and they needed to probably go through something like this. I think Ryan Day put his offensive line in a position today to show what they're made of. And I don't think those guys are going to be happy when they watch well, That the may be the case. They did. Uh, uh, that was a group that was put mano a mano with Penn State and got beat up by the, by the Nittany Lions. And I think that's a group that if the Buckeyes are going to make a push to the playoff and, and end up winning the Big Ten and getting back in the playoff, that group has to play better than they did tonight. And, um, you know, you can't put your running back in a position where he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage that many times. And I know Penn State was firing a lot of stuff with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was surprised that Ohio State didn't keep Mitch Rossi in the game a little bit more often or move Jeremy Ruckert back into that uh, H-back type of situation to give a lead blocker. But as Tim said earlier, Travion Henderson grew up tonight. C.J. Stroud took a step forward just growing up and maturing in a tough spot. But the offensive line, to me, took a step back today. The person that I think grew up the most, and you already talked about him a little bit, is Tyreek Smith. Because I watched the drive late in the game where he was gassed. I mean, absolutely tired. And every single down, he's continued to get in his stance, and he fired off as hard as he possibly could. And, you know, I don't want to call Tyreek out at all. I, I really like Tyreek. But that's not the thing you would see from Tyreek of old. I think that this he's the kind of guy before who would do three three plays really hard and he would just be gassed and no you could see it visibly that he was there was no drop off in the way he was rushing the passer and I think if that's the effort that you're going to get from Tyreek and from Zach Harrison and from even the guys the guys like JT Tuimlaw who I thought played outstanding tonight that's the thing that's going to take this defense from playing good against Penn State and getting a win to playing great against a Michigan State, a Michigan, uh, you know, whoever comes out of the West and then into the playoff. Like Those guys are going to be it. And I think if you can see Tyreek Smith continue to grow up the way he did tonight with the effort that he showed tonight, even when he was gassed, you're going to see good results from this defense. Yeah, and it's play. unfortunate they lost Steel Chambers to that uh, targeting call. It, it probably, you know, you go back and – 
we're not going to get hash into that because you and I already had our argument in that. But when the when the review official says it was targeting, you have no recourse. But the bottom line is, you know, a guy that stood out to me tonight was Denzel Burke. They finally took Jahan Dotson and moved him to the other side of the field. Uh, I thought Denzel Burke played pretty well, but he was a lonely man, just like he was at uh, Indiana last week. And uh, I'm just continually impressed by that guy for the most part. Yeah, you're going to give up a few, a few receptions, but, you know, we're – uh, Penn State really made its hay tonight throwing the ball was in those little creases in the zones and stuff that Ohio State's been playing. And you got to give it up. You got to give it up to Matt Barnes and the, the Ohio State defensive coaches. Yeah, they got bit a few times, but they came after Penn State well, blitzing wise. I'm going to hedge on that one because there are some still some issues with that defensive coaching staff. Not, not identifying the right personnel. Well, that's what I would, but I wasn't talking to that. I, I was talking about them I, coming that's after why I them. I said I'm going to hedge yeah. it. They may have been more aggressive schematically, but the personnel that they're putting on the field to start the game, Steel Chambers is the Ohio State's best linebacker right now. Yeah. Okay? It's not to Roger Mitchell. It's not Cody Simon. It's not Tommy Eichenberg. A lot of these guys do things very well. I don't understand that part. I don't understand Penn State did not substitute on that drive down here in the red zone. Ohio State sends six guys out on the field and winds up with 12 out there, and they just give up the touchdown anyway. 12 or 13. With mass substitutions, yeah. you know, the, the identification of the right personnel, they did a lot of the things tonight. As you said, there was a regression maybe with the offensive line. Again, it's one game that we're talking it about. It felt like Oregon But they played that that personnel, that shifting, that, that sub-package. They played it just like Oregon, and I, I think that's another thing that we're going to talk about for the next six days. Like, yes. You can't forget about the things that worked for the last five weeks. And I want to say, I mean, Mike Yursich knows the Ohio State defense, and so I think that you have to take a little bit of grain of salt in understanding how Penn State was able to exploit some things. It may be a little bit different than when he was here two years ago, sure. but Mike Yursich understands what Ryan Day is trying to do defensively, and so you, you saw them pick some, some spots. But, again, I, the, to me, you're at a point in the season when championships get won in November. It's officially November on Monday, right? So... That's correct. Ohio State needs to find those 11 best on defense and play those 11 best on defense. And I think most people are looking at the game objectively and understand that the 11 best are sort of rising uh, to the top here. But here we, we've asked about this, teams. though, in press conferences and stuff. There, we, we, you don't really get an answer to why they are continuing to play a lot of guys. And then tonight, like Austin was talking about, yeah, they were trying to match up. They were clearly trying to get some matchups in there that they were – that they had seen that they wanted certain personnel on the field. It did catch up with them, but Jahan Dawson scored anyway on that little, you know, that little uh, wildcat play. But, but the bottom line is, you know, you, there's no doubt that they've made progress, big time progress as a group. As when the guys are out there and playing, Ronnie Hickman's playing extremely well for the most part. Uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, you just when you think they've got the personnel that we think are the best personnel, now all of a sudden you look up at, out there and like a lot of those guys aren't on the field. You know, or is it really that big? Is it really that tough a game? I guess it is. Well, we'll let that we'll let that stew for a couple of days because we have a lot of uh, shows and podcasts to break all this down heading into next week as Ohio State now turns the page to Nebraska. But this was rapid reaction for 33-24 over Penn State for the Buckeyes, and uh, we're going to leave it right there and head home, get ready for a Halloween, <laughs> and as Berm said, November when championships are won. Ohio State is in the position that it expected to be. Uh, controlling its own destiny in the Big Ten race as it heads into the biggest games of the season. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We will see you next week for full coverage as we get ready for Ohio State's trip to Nebraska.